And welcome to this episode of On the Record with your host Labiba Shafi and co-host Abigail Henderson. This one's been podcast as a sister media to Six Mile Post at Georgia Highlands College in Rome. The views in this podcast do not represent of those of the Six Mile Post or Georgia Highlands College. Today we have the one and only president of Georgia Highlands College, Mike Hobbs. We'll be discussing his background and vision for the future of Georgia Highlands College. first question was um did you always aspire to be the person when you were a child what was the dream profession that you intended to have right when when i was a youngster i wanted to be a professional baseball player i always wanted to whatever i did for a living to have fun doing i did get to throw out the first pitch at the rome braves game and so that was my major league debut i was hoping they would ask me to stay around and pitch a few innings uh, but they didn't okay i was also curious uh what type of student you were when you were in school you know i was a first generation high school graduate uh, neither of my parents had graduated from high school and so they didn't really know uh how to keep me on you know a academic path and so i played sports a lot in high school and you know and i wasn't really academic because i didn't know how important it was to master something and and i didn't know how important it was to listen to the people who were teaching and how entrenched and trained they were on the things that they were teaching and i didn't understand that so i i didn't focus like i should have i never saw myself being in the academic world so i didn't think that that was going to i, I just assumed like everyone else in my family would be doing you know physical labor and so i didn't really focus on it that much and so it was really college before i started really kind of diving in and studying and taking notes and those types of things Yeah, I think college gives all of us a fresh break after high school. Right. Yeah, it's also very different from high school. So a lot of the uh, methods we use in high school do not always necessarily work in college. Right. Well, you know, in high school, you you spend 12 years of they ring the bell, you go to homeroom, they ring the bell, you go to first period, ring the bell, you go to second period, ring the bell, you go to third period. And so when you get in college, it's more about problem solving. and getting through the maze and getting to know your professor and and really engaging and that's why you know I, one of the things i love about georgia highlands is that we don't wait until your junior and senior year before you have opportunities to do internships and co-ops or the academic honors uh courses you can do those as a freshman and i think that's why our retention rate is so high is because we don't wait until the junior senior year to get you to start engaging So I that I mean you're absolutely right when I when I got in college even my freshman sophomore years I struggled because I I was in big classrooms and and didn't really engage but then once I got into my junior senior classes and started doing projects and proposals and co-ops and internships that's really when I found my sweet spot and was able to appreciate how important education was and how it would get me ready for you know the the real world Yes I'm um, here I actually was fortunate enough to land in research in my freshman year and I was spending hours in lab and thinking that this is what I want to do in the future and I'm getting the hands-on practice right now and I'm and that's what made me know that yes I love this I'll enjoy the, I I enjoy this I'll be able to right. do it for the rest of my life 
Yeah, I think our specialty is that we start engaging you from orientation to the first day of class. And I think that, you know, we're not a career tech school. Uh, we're also not a research university, but that doesn't mean that we can't mix hands-on training and skill development in the freshman and sophomore year. So if you transfer out after your sophomore year or if you stay with us through your bachelor's degree, not only are you getting that academic diploma or, or degree, but you're also getting physical skill training in, in the classroom, lab, or working with others. I like that you just kind of talked about the ways that your own college experience kind of prepared you for what your vision would be with Georgia Highlands now. So as far as like your professional experience, what would you say have been the major things throughout your life that have prepared you the most for this role? Well, you know, I, I think starting out as a recruiter at the University of Alabama in Birmingham and, and working with high school students and seeing them trying to make the transition from K-12 to the university side or to the collegiate side, you know, I knew how unprepared I was coming in. And so I, I knew that making that transition easier for others, I would notice that people would stay around more. They would do more. And that in turn led them to do better in their courses. And then that in turn, you know, led them to do more for the college and they became more entrenched in the college and they became part of the, the college and the system. And so when I was a recruiter, you know, I was constantly thinking, you know, how do I get students to choose my college? You know, what would make my college special? And what I realized, and even though it was a commuter college for the most part back then, you know, we could do things too and, and, and do activities and student focus and, and, and study together and uh, work together as cohorts. And so we started a program called MSAT, which is early medical school acceptance program. Uh, we had an ambassador's program. Uh, we did other small things, uh, a Greek week, uh, intramurals, those things that, you know, memorizing a textbook and learning from lectures is paramount in, in higher education because that's how we learn things. Uh, but how we really participate and absorb the experience of college is really what you carry with you. We love our faculty members and they do an amazing job. But, you know, it's that out of the classroom when you talk to a faculty member or when a faculty member pulls you to the side and tells you a story about their history or engages with you, that really is when you make a connection. So as I grew into a uh, director, I went from a recruiter to an advisor to a director of admissions. I saw that uh, expanding those services, we started a honors, uh, honors symposium and honors day where we brought honor students to the campus. And then, you know, you'd see them showing back up, you know, to come to football games or, or come to a, a basketball game or something of that sort. And so education is addictive. Participation is addictive. So once you do one thing and you enjoy it, then you want to do another and another. And so then as I grew into the uh, director of enrollment, I kind of started applying those same thoughts to that as well. And then as I made it to the dean of students and admissions, financial aid, advising, student life, athletics, all those pieces were under me. And then, you know, that's probably when I became a dean is when I knew I wanted to be a president. Uh, because probably earlier in life and even earlier in my career, I thought there's no way a guy from Inslee is ever going to be president of a college uh, because people just from my hometown just generally didn't go into academics. Uh, and if they did, it went on the administrative side and definitely wouldn't reach to that level. 
But then when I became a dean, I thought, wow, you know, how great would it be to find people that were like me and be able to open up the world like education does to people? You know, education is a silver bullet. We can all be what we want to be. And education is that silver bullet that connects opportunity to to change your life. Everybody I knew lived within 25 miles of Inslee in my neighborhood. And then as I went to college, I started meeting people from other counties, other cities. And then as I went to university, I met people from other states, other countries. And then as I continued working in higher ed, I started traveling and, and meeting people from other countries, going to other countries, uh, different cultures, different experiences. I think it gives you a pl- plural effect to your life and, and opportunities. So. That's really cool. Um, honestly, yes. I didn't know that you had done so many things like that. And that's to me a really awesome thing. I feel like sometimes the best leaders are the people that have like been there and done things themselves. And so that's really neat that you've been able to have all those experiences just in education and life in general. It really has been. I mean, it's, it's opened up doors that I would never have met people. I would have never met experiences. And, you know, I think it allows me to be able to listen to other people and things that concern them and, you know, things that maybe I haven't had to worry about in my life. And, and to be able to see those things, it allows you to have people that you might not have even had in your life. I've had one friend that I worked with, uh, a student I worked with to get into the early early medical school acceptance program and just absolutely fell in love with her family. And they were from India and she was Sikh. And they have a big brother thing when they get married that they pick someone to be their kind of big brother that overlooks them, kind of like a godfather type thing. And she chose me and it was just so amazing to, to do that, you know, in our tradition, it's, a, it's considered a huge honor. Yeah. Yeah. During the wedding. Yes. Yeah. Yes. During the wedding. Yeah, absolutely. And I talked to her today. She's a medical doctor in Chicago. But here was, here, you know, this this is what's so wild. So I started working with her when she was a freshman and uh, she got admitted into MSAT as a senior in high school. So she had a guaranteed seat in the med- in medical school. All she had to do was come to the undergrad and graduate. She was automatically accepted to med school. And so they, I got the list or we, the admissions recruiters got before anybody else did. And so I drove up there and my wife went to her high school and, and got her out of class, got her mom and dad there. And uh, it was just so beautiful. And so that night they were like, all right, we're taking you out to dinner. We're taking you out to dinner. And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, well, I'll go to dinner because I, I, mean, I fell in love with the whole family. They took me to a steakhouse. This is why culture is important and why meeting other people is important. So we go to a steakhouse. And so I, I ordered, you know, and I just picked the cheapest steak and I ordered a steak. And, and so I'm sitting here, we're all talking and, and her dad orders and she orders and her mom orders. And I'm like, nobody else is getting a steak. And they're like, oh, yeah, we, we don't eat steak. Yeah. And I'm like, why are we at a steakhouse? And they're like, you're American. You love steak. And I'm like, no, no way am I going to sit here and eat steak with y'all and nobody else is eating steak. And so, you know, that was just an amazing learning experience for me because, you know, if I, would, if I wouldn't have been paying attention, I would have gobbled down a steak. But I ended up ordering a salad, too. And we all ate salads in the middle of a steakhouse. What that tells you is that even though we, we have different cultures and different religions, we can still love each other. To me, that's in our education, that's one of my favorite stories. Yes. And I think like having that experience of meeting people from diverse background really broadens your perspective and develops more sympathy and understanding toward other people. And just just the act of like meeting people where they are 
And leadership, that's, I think, the most important skill. You know, I mean, I consider her one of my best friends. She's a little sister to me. I mean, could you imagine if I, if, if I'd have been so closed minded that, that I wouldn't have met her, met her family? Uh, that would be a big part of my heart that would be empty. And so I think we just got to keep keep getting together and, and keep enjoying each other and appreciating each other. Yes, um, there is a lot of celebration for Christmas, Thanksgiving, but a lot of us, the minorities, we don't really get our cultural representation. It's important to bring it. Um, talking about enrollment, um, my next question is leading to that. At Jefferson State, you were successful in increasing the transfer outreach by 20% as the Dean of Enrollment Service. I'm glad that transfer, rate, transfer outreach is another parameter that was considered besides the enrollment rate. What are some approaches that lead to a more successful transfer and higher transfer outreach? Right. Well, first of all, it wasn't me individually. So it, it was a department. I had amazing people that I worked with. And, you know, I think part of it was because I had worked at a university first. And then so then when I went to the community college, one of the first things I'll never forget, I went to some of the people I worked with at, at the community college and I said, hey, we're, we're going to have a university day here and invite all the universities to our campus. And they're like, no way, they'll steal our students. Um, that's also like my goal. So some of the state colleges like us, they tend to have a stereotype as the transfer school or right. school as a stepping stone. And I'm like, we don't mind the stereotype. I think two of our goals, and you kind of mentioned that too, should be A, making their time here worthwhile. Because calling, sure. regardless of whom you are, it's a very significant time of your life, the college experience. And I just want everybody here to have a fruitful experience, a worthwhile experience. And the second one is also the one that you talked about is making them more equipped for their next institution or next career step. Right. And and that's, you know, we were able to set up articulation agreements. I mean, once I, once I was able to get everyone to understand that the universities are not sitting around thinking, how are they going to steal our students? They want to have partnerships because we can backfill the junior and senior level classes of those universities. And, and for the most part, access colleges, uh, students who transfer out are much more successful, even than their own freshmen and sophomores, because we really, we not only teach you the subject matter, but we teach you how to be a student and and, and how to be self-aware and to be able to read a room and read a faculty member and to be able to get through that maze. So then when they get to the university, they're already experienced. And so it was really just building those bridges together that made the rate to be able to increase. A lot of students are anxious to go to the big universities. You know, if you put a transfer agreement in their hand and the university, the research university says you're wanted and you're following this pathway, then a lot of the times they're more successful and then they stay with us and they're more successful with us. So it was really a mindset of getting people to realize that, that our universities our partners. And so when, when we can be collaborative, I think that that helps. I was telling somebody today, I was thinking about this recently. I was on a state school board for uh, five years as well. And then and having three teenagers. So I've been, I feel like I've been through K-12 again. <laughs> but, you know, if you think about it, think about this, you know, for 12 years, they ring a bell and, and, and you go to a class. They ring a bell, you go to PE. They ring a bell, you go home. And then they take a two-month break, you know, June and July. And then in August, we expect you to be a full-grown adult 
that knows how to deal with college faculty members, all the other things you have going on as an 18, 19 year old. And for 12 years, you've been following the ringing of a bell. And then we, then you come to the collegiate experience and we expect you to be a full grown adult. And all you've had is those two months where two months earlier, you had to raise your hand to go to the bathroom. And so, so I think it's that reason that Georgia Highlands is so successful is because we really work with that. We don't wait until you're about to graduate to start working on your resume. Uh, you can do a co-op, an internship. You can do volunteer here at the college. You can also uh, do those, uh, the honors program courses. I talked to a young lady yesterday. She had participated in seven honors uh, topics. And I think that's amazing because wow. all of those go on your resume. So as, yeah. as, as an employer... When I'm looking at it as an employer, I said, well, this person's done seven honors topics. That means seven times they did something above and beyond what the course required. And they had to figure out what that professor wanted in the completion of that honors topic. So if I'm going to hire you and, and I look and say, okay, well, you've made seven, you went out of your way to do better at seven of your courses and you were successful and made A's and B's, then when you come to work for me, most likely you're going to be successful for me too. Because think about this, and I say this all the time, and you may have heard this, but to get a two-year degree takes 20 classes, right? Approximately. To get a four-year degree, it takes 40 classes approximately. That's 20 bosses, 20 people you have to make uh, happy to receive your paycheck and your paycheck's your grade. But as an employer, when I'm looking at talent, I want somebody that's going to be able to come in and adapt to the way that we need to get it done because we usually have quality control and I'm going to need this person to follow the rules, follow the policies. And so if, if I can see that they've done that through their college career, then there's a good chance they're going to be successful talent once they come to work for me. Was one last question we had is that what's your favorite code or one code that really encourages you to move forward? What's my favorite quote? Wow, I have I have so many. You know, I heard Chris Rock one time and he said that wealth and being famous is more about opportunity than it is anything else. And and to me, like I said earlier, I, I think education is the key to opportunity. It, it's what levels the playing field. It's what gives us the opportunity to reach any goal that we have. All you need is an opportunity. You know, how many great physicists or, or psychologists or psychiatrists or medical doctors are out there that never had the opportunity to go to school, never had the opportunity to get educated? You know, how many great minds weren't allowed to expand? And so when Chris Rock talks about wealth and being associated with opportunity, I say this all the time. You know, I've never been the smartest person in a class, but I won't be outworked. And so I'll, and I also know how to identify the smartest person in the class. And I know how to, to talk to them, buy them a Coke, uh, talk, you know, uh, get their notes, see what they missed, be able to study with them. You know, I heard another person say one time, you are who you surround yourself with. And that is such a great statement. You are who you surround yourself with. And I tell students that all the time, that projects who you are. And if you want to be successful, you need to hang out with successful people, people that are motivated, people that are trying to move forward. I was trying to think Condoleezza Rice also said that Republicans and Democrats and politicians will never solve 
the the problems in our culture, the systemic problems in our culture, but education will. And so I, I think about those two quotes and, and Condoleezza Rice is from my hometown or one of my hometowns. And so I think that means a, a lot to me as well. When the chancellor was interviewing me for this position, I, I told him, the chancellor and the board of regents, you know, if you're looking for the status quo, then I'm not your guy because I believe in moving uh, forward, I, I believe in trying new things, even if it's something I think won't work or something I think well, we tried this years ago and it didn't work. I, I don't like saying no. I like to try new things. I think it's about community involvement. I want to see more student life on campus. I want to re- reinvigorate the all of our campuses. I want to connect them together. I want intramurals, intramurals to get back going, student activities. We're going to do some things on campus for faculty, staff, and students and our families. And we're going to invite the communities. We're going to invite the churches, the civic groups, try to bring life to our campus. And because I I believe that student engagement breeds success. True. And I think my favorite part, my favorite quote was um, education really makes it a level playing field. Right. I agree. It does. It levels it out for you. You know, higher education, education in general, like you said, Labiba is uh, it's about opportunity and, and it's about leveling the playing field. And, uh, and and it's also about expanding your mind. It was lovely talking to you, you Thank too. You for the time. Absolutely, Labiba and, and Abigail. I, I really appreciate it. you. It looks like there's <laughs> some exciting stuff you've got planned here at George Islands. <laughs>